Good morning, and welcome to the Women of Consciousness podcast. I'm your co-host, Pam, and I'm actually going to be going solo today. And for the next couple episodes, um, Natalie is off enjoying vacation time. So I hope you'll bear with me. (laughs) Kind of having a little bit of anxiety, actually, this morning. So just trying to take some deep breaths and really ground myself as I prepare to go live. Um... So if anyone is also maybe feeling a rushed pace, um, anxiety, like whatever, it's first thing in the morning, you know, we have a lot on our plates for the day. I just kind of invite you to maybe take some grounding breaths as well. And really, yeah. So, and with that, just kind of, I'm going to begin. So I was thinking about really exploring, discovering our personal myth. Natalie and I have been diving into twin flame myth a few episodes now. Um, It's a myth story, reality experience of life (laughs) that we're both very, very familiar with. And it's become, you know, deeply ingrained in our our heart. And lately we've wanted to, um, I think, just protect it, protect that myth and really like set some truth around it. But today, like I'm going to kind of avoid (laughs) going down that road and and go somewhere else. Um, So looking at my life experience, and I will just say that all of this story, um, kind of experiential moments in my own personal myth story is because of that. I would say the twin flame is what seeded and rooted it and what took me out of one kind of reality and way of life into um, the spiritual. And so that's, so it's always tied together, but I can um, separate the two. And so I will just begin by really saying um, the dark night of the soul, (laughs) these tower moments where it feels like a massive, like your whole life is literally ending. One world is collapsing and falling apart, um, can be massive jolts into a spiritual awakening. Um, sometimes just meeting people or, you know, like that shift and can, can be the catalyst. And so as my story unfolded, I kind of awoken, um, to how numb I had been emotionally and was just really working, <laughs> working through that. Um, and, and then through the emergence of that, I began healing. And through that process, I would say the universe has a way of aligning um, stories and articles and people in places and all these things that if you're awake and you're aware, and I think you're on that path, you'll get this like kind of ancient remembering this intuition that just aligns with you. And you start to think like, oh, there's something to that. Like, I feel connected to that time in that space. I feel connected to that culture. Um, so for me, it was a lot of ancient Greek and a lot of ancient Egypt. And the more I connected, I would go um, further back in time to like Mesopotamia. Um, so for me, it's been this great mother, the divine feminine, like the mother, um, goddess 
And so it's been through different cultures that I've been able to connect with her and through different archetypes. Um, hello, Zion. Um, and please, if the, as the audience joins, if anyone has questions, I'm definitely here to answer anything. Um, but I'm just kind of talking about personal myth and how we can discover that. And so I just noticed a connection to these goddesses. And I will say Persephone um, was one of the very beginning ones. And over the years, it cycled back to her at different phases. So the, the maiden, the mother, and the crone. What's on the agenda today? Uh, yes, Zion. I'm hosting alone. Natalie is on vacation. <laughs> so I'm hoping to definitely answer any questions the audience has as they join in. Um, but I'm just really talking about personal myth since the last few weeks. We kind of were talking about twin flame myth. Um, so I definitely wanted to... Um, talk about like personal myth outside of the twin flame myth. So for me, that's archetypes with gods and goddesses um, that I felt were a part of my psycho psychology, um, my right, your personality, kind of characteristic traits, archetypes within. And then looking at astrology and studying astrology, that was another way that I really saw them emerge and saw them reflected. Um, and so I think the importance of understanding our connection, our fascination, our interest um, to different cultures and different civilizations can be possibly a tie to past lives. Um, it can definitely be like karmic stuff playing out. Um, so I feel like the more that we acknowledge that and, you know, read about it and sit with it, allow us to um, see what arises, like how we resonate with it, like what about that story. So for me with Persephone, um, there's a lot of aspects to her. So this whole kind of, you know, maiden young woman that walked the earth, <laughs> very naive and, you know, beautiful and innocent, like um, who was you know, kind of chosen by Hades. And, you know, there's that whole pulling and the raping or whatever, you know, but um, this pulling into the underworld against her will. And, and then, you know, she eats pomegranate seeds and like, it's how she just kind of, you know, winter forms or whatever by her being there that four to six months of the year. Um, so there was a lot of the story narrative that I saw as similarities and synchronicities and patterns that were playing out in my life. Um, so definitely some very dark masculine energy um, coming from even like my my ex-husband. You know, I was, I was 16, 15 when we met, but um, 16 when we had our first child together, stayed with him till 32. Um so yeah, I had I had to grow through a lot of um, phases after that because I had missed a lot of milestones, um, and so it was all of that innocent naiveness that I just stayed put in this place by this captor. <laughs> like I mean, I hate to say it like that, but it's the truth. Um, and I think a lot of people resonate because we get into relationships and maybe have kids and. Um, think we need to be there or it becomes a comfort zone and or codependency or whatever and we just we don't know how to leave when we need to leave and we sometimes just really overstay um that's a you know a myth story in itself um 
I will say later on with Persephone, as I grew and evolved and matured and did my healing, I saw different aspects of Persephone. Um, so I saw her come into her power and become queen of the underworld. And so for me, that looked like, okay, fall, you know, we're at the very end of fall, waiting winter right now. Um, like I no longer have seasonal depression. I no longer um, fight <laughs> nature and the inevitable. Like I know I'm one with it. And so I can go into um, the cold and the darkening of hours and, and what that means to have to retreat and slow down and like hibernate. Um, I, I can do that more easily without fighting it and suffering um, internally or externally. And not only that, but as we get triggered and we do our healing and we meet people and, you know, the waves of the universe bring us new lessons and new tests so that we can grow. Um, I really like I didn't fear the process and I, I just had more of my power. I could get through the darkness and the death and um, and what everything like the underworld truly represents for an internal journey. Um, there were times where I couldn't do that. It would be so heavy um, that that can, you know, give you severe depression and make you not want to get out of bed. And um, so it's really, it's beautiful, I think, that I didn't get caught up on an emotion or a state of being. I saw it as a wave that I was navigating that was tied to more of an archetypal story that was for my own evolution. And not only in the process, um, wasn't Persephone, right? Because, yeah, so the question is, wasn't Persephone also very destructive to the div divine um, masculine? And, and yes, like the feminine, when she is wounded, is destructive. She is self-destructive. She sabotages. She hurts the masculine. And it's the same thing. Like when the masculine is wounded, um, it, it, they hurt the feminine. And that's where I think we were talking in previous episodes about this wounded masculine, wounded feminine. And so the whole twin flame journey is coming into this union within yourself to heal those. Because as a human being, regardless of your sex gender, you have energies that are masculine and feminine. And one is just going to be more dominant than the other. Um, and, and so that plays out. And so the whole thing is to bring in this acknowledgement and this awareness to your masculine and your feminine, heal through both of their wounds and bring them into a balance and a harmony. And that is how you get into union. Um, and so I was very wounded. Like I said, I was with my ex-husband from 15 to 32. I had my first child at 16. I was not developmentally ready um, for a lot of milestones that I hit. And then the way I had to um, shift into like motherhood and family mode as a girl. So absolutely, when I found myself single and divorced, you know, I, um, I was very wounded. I had no sense of identity. Um, and so that I feel like is what helps heal the archetypes um, by me tapping into Persephone's energy, growing and evolving and healing me 
And not only, you know, did that for myself, but it heals that universal consciousness of that energy that's outside of me. So going forward, I feel like that's part of the new wave. So as a collective, the more we all do this work, right, the more healed energy of the masculine and feminine we're putting out. And we're not tapping into this destructive, toxic traits. Have you ever heard the term reactive narcissistic abuse? I don't think I've heard that exact term, but I do believe I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, I am an empath, and so I have, like, you cannot have a narcissist without an empath. Like, that is two sides of the coin, the the magnetic, you know, um, attraction of quantum entanglement. So if a narcissist and an empath need each other, um, it will if it is done correctly, they can heal each other, but it depends on the person. Um, I learned when dealing with my narcissist, how to catch myself from mirroring. I learned how to see when I was projecting. I also learned to see when he was like, you know, mirroring and projecting that allowed me to stop those behaviors. So I didn't react to him. So like, I didn't engage in, the destructive pattern. I was like, whoa, this, you know, I, I see it for what it is. It's too much. And I would try and talk to him and point it out. To a narcissist, that is like just adding fuel to the fire. They go into like defense mode and project even more. Um, so it's so it's really hard um <laughs> to navigate the narcissist empath right um personal myth story. But I think it's about empowerment and healing. Um, yeah, narcissistic abuse. Wow. I mean, <laughs> I, I feel um, just seeing those words, like, that was a huge, huge part of my twin flame experience with the dark one, you know, the, the false one. Um, yeah. Do we have the capability of being both? Um, I would say why not? I think so. I, th I, I would say like consciously, like you could not, maybe not be aware that you're doing both, right? You may be ingrained in, in, as an empath, but you're going to pick up on other people's emotions. You're going to be very persuaded and like, I want to say held down when you're not able to be like a conscious um, navigator of like your empathic being. Once you learn how to ground and protect yourself and stand in that power, I think you have more control um, and self-awareness that you disengage from any narcissistic behavior. But as an empath who's wounded and is around people that do nothing but hurt you and wound you, you're like you're going to take on those traits because you're going to be mirroring it. You're going to be feeling it. So how can you not in some way, I think, be slightly narcissistic? Um, I think it just depends on the intensity and the degree and the intention. Some people do it very intentionally and other people have no idea they're narcissists. They have no idea that's how they're wired. So forgive me, I'm still on the twin flame thing. I was hoping you were still talking about that. Um, no, absolutely. I can go back. I'm talking about myth story. And twin flame is a myth story. 
Um, so absolutely. If you have questions around twin flame, like I have no problem answering that empath narcissist. And, and that's why I said before you joined us, um, a lot of my personal myth that I discovered in my like separation phases or in my journey of twin flame connection, uh, a lot of it, I went through either solo or with them. Um, I, I, so it, it's hard. It's hard. It's like this woven fabric that you're like trying to take apart thread by thread. Um, and so it's kind of hard to leave out the twin flame part of the myth because it is the root. It is the seed um, that caused all of these roots. But at the same point, I try, I, I've tried to navigate it for years without talking about twin flames. Um, it wasn't only until recently with Natalie and um, the way culture, I think it's been waking us up more as a collective to twin flames. And I think that is the myth story of Gaia and um, the collective consciousness, um, having her own myth story and her own purpose for humanity that we are not always fully aware of or connected to. Um, so I think that's why right now, all of a sudden, this twin flame thing seems to be like in your face and on the rise. Um, it's part of the paradigm shift. <clears throat> so if you have any questions, please feel free to ask anything. Um, my co-host Natalie is on vacation for the next couple weeks. I am going to try and get some guest um actually have a really good friend who has a wonderful healed masculine <laughs> identity um and voice so we're gonna get him on here he's agreed to come on and also even with the twin flame and the masculine and all of that give his perspective so i'm really excited about that um i will say i recently celebrated my youngest son's 10th birthday and I have been very much aware of um, initiation, again, as my own myth, this process of rite of passage and being called, um, I think, by the universe, by this higher spiritual power that is giving me this gift of like plant medicine and insight and knowledge. Um, and so with my son, I've been very much aware of raising these boys and wanting them to be in a healed masculine um, energy. And so I've been thinking about this initiation into manhood and how boys don't have that. Um, and so with his birthday, we, we I made that very clear. I wanted to celebrate that. And so that's one thing as a family um, we've been doing recently and I plan to be doing over this holiday vacation that we're having. So I'm going to tap into the elements and we're going to, you know, go do a cold plunge in the, in the ocean. Um, he's done some cold baths and he really liked that. Um, we're going to do some breath work to tap into air. Um, collect firewood. I'm going to have him build a fire. I do lots of ritual and ceremonial fires. Um, but I'm going to let my son build it. And, and I have these beautiful like wax, um, fire starters. So I'm going to, um, guide him through the process and let him feel this kind of seed being planted on this initiation calling into manhood. Um, so 
that's where I'm currently at in my personal myth as this divine feminine mother raising these boys. Um, that I really want to do it right. And I think it's really important. Um, that's why Natalie and I are on here talking about, you know, wounded feminine, wounded masculine, and how we can work through those traumas and those healing processes and get to the other side and become these fully embodied um divine feminine and masculine healed versions of our true beings all right so zion says i'll give you an example if a man cheats and a woman throws a brick through his precious truck would that be reactive or narcissistic and vice versa um well if he's cheating and she throws a brick through his truck that's, I mean, yes, it's very reactive because she's wounded. She's hurt. She's lashing out from her place of pain. And in that moment, that's the only way that she knows how to communicate, right, is through this act of violence. Um, again, like why, why does it have to spiral I guess to that way, right? Why are why are you cheating? Um, or the man cheating, not saying you are. But I'm just saying, like, this is where with a healed couple, communication is at the baseline. Um and like why even being be together if if you have a desire to be with other people? And if it's an open relationship, I mean that wouldn't really be considered cheating. Um, so again. It's all about communication. But yeah, I, I mean, it's an act of violence. So that's definitely coming from a wounded place. Because me, like if I was cheated on today in this very moment, I would be super hurt. I would, I'm sure I would cry. Like I would isolate for a minute and I'd work through my emotions and I'd probably, you know, have questions. Was it me, my fault? Um, but then I would want to communicate. I would want as awkward and uncomfortable and as painful as that is, it's all about getting into our vulnerability to get to our healed sides. We need to be vulnerable with ourselves and with each other. Cheaters are all trash. Sorry, I apologize. No, that's fine. I mean, when we've been cheated on, we definitely, that becomes right part of our myth story as well. Um, there's a lot of tragedy. Like we want to believe in a fairy tale love story. And then when we get cheated on and we get hurt, um, it's hard to believe, you know, that love exists or that people are out there. And that's when we start closing down our heart chakra. And that's when we start closing off our throat chakra. Um, and we start causing these blocks of energy within our body um, because we're wounded. And so that's, again, something, you know, that that energy will arise and come up um, to help heal those wounds. So if you've been cheated on <laughs> um, and you've closed down your heart, you know, and you're going on with your life, there's going to be a moment in time eventually down the road that the universe is going to be like, oh, are you ready? Are you ready to get through this? Are you ready to learn your lessons? Um, and so they're going to bring somebody into your life to trigger all those wounds. Um, and then it's how do you react? I mean, narcissistic, I would say there's characteristic traits to that. Um, those That is a very specific personality trait and not everybody is narcissistic. But if you can notice like, yeah, you're being gaslighted and manipulated, um, then yeah, I would 
probably think like that's a narcissist. If it's someone who's just really has abandonment and rejection issues and you're hitting a massive wound for them and so they're freaking out, then it's just showing you a core wound. Um, I asked her that all the time because she still cheated and kept coming back to me. I'm at this point ready to concede she is a false flame, but I can't break the connection without her because of the quantum entanglement. And I understand what you mean. I did. Um, I did the same thing with my false flame. Um, they were more of a best friend. And boundaries was a huge lesson that was part of our myth story. Um, again, it was that Persephone Hades archetypes that we were tapping into. Um, I had come out, like I said, I was very honest. I was 15 to 32 with my ex-husband. We had four children. I missed out on a lot of milestones in my life. He was very controlling and possessive. I had a massive spiritual awakening because of the twin flame story coming into my life and saying, it's time, it's time for you to get out of this relationship because you're, you're dead inside. You're not living like, boom, you, you have a purpose. Right. And, and I feel like that was my caterpillar dormant stage. Um, and I had to have all of that. Um, when I reconnected with my false flame, who I knew from childhood, I originally, I originally thought they were my cousin because I was born into like that family, um, thinking their mother was my aunt, their grandmother was my grandmother. I mean, it's kind of a mess, but it goes into my mother's own wounds looking for family and trying to attach to family. So I had to deal with that and see it for what it was. Um, so around like three or four, you know, I can remember us being little cousins playing um, in my mind. And then obviously at some point realizing this is not your actual family. <laughs> These people are just close friends. Um, and then a, a time of dormancy or just seeing them over the years here and there. So when I was 12, we left States and went and moved and lived in the same town. Um, and so we became friends again. Um, and then that was it. It was just a few months. Um, and that's kind of what brought in the other twin and everything. And then life happened over the next three years. And like, it just, <laughs> so it kind of like kept going and kept going. So when we caught up 20 years later, it was like automatic friendship, right? Kind of picking up the pieces, but I was very honest in the fact that I am not ready. I'm not ready to settle down. Like I have no idea who I am. Like I need to be able to date. I need to be able to just navigate being single. Um, but we had such a close friendship and boundaries being a massive lesson that needed to be learned. It, it became hard. Um, it became very entangled. It became right, very traumatic. Absolutely. It became toxic. Um, he was tapped into more of demonic, dark energies where I talk about like Persephone and goddess of the, mo the mother goddess energies. His was Abaddon. His was Hades. Um, you know, this Lucifer, dark, dark energy. Um, I can remember one point seeing him possessed and, and watching him be taken over and this 
archetype emerge and have a conversation with me and tell me how the darkness has followed me through lifetimes and um and told me his name was Abaddon and called me Aphrodite, which Aphrodite is absolutely like my one of my strongest um traits and and I mean I'm a Pisces so <laughs> when you look at the astrology of the stars right there to Aphrodite but um so so yeah that quantum entanglement you cannot break it and you will keep coming back and forth and back and forth to each other because th that's where you're learning that's where you're healing um my empath was getting you know her power sucked out of her while his narcissist was getting all of his power fueled um so that whole power dynamic w was a massive story for us um but when it was good it was so amazing this was my best friend this was the person that i connected with unlike anyone before um we could sit and meditate with each other. We could go crystal, you know, into stores and buy crystals and have conversations around stones and pull cards. Um, we could go to rock concerts and movies and out to dinner and everything was like 50-50. It was experience as I had never had. Um, and so it was really, it was hard to break that because like I wanted that, but at the same point, I didn't want a relationship. Um, so there was a lot, a lot of pain. I caused a lot of wounds and a lot of pains to him. So earlier when you had asked about, you know, the feminine kind of causing wounds and whatnot and being narcissistic and what, and those things, um, uh, destructive to the masculine. Absolutely. All right. So, so the Hades Persephone relationship in real life. Yes. I would say that was our myth story we were tapping into those um archetypal energies um so for me part of the myth story and archetypes like hades persephone aphrodite aries um that has arisen from my psyche from my soul being um the more i have tapped into altered states of consciousness, the more like past life, um, the more that I have just chosen a relationship with myself and with the universe, um, they've, they've, they've just arose. And I am like, oh, hey, okay. <laughs> like here's, here's a new cycle beginning and I'm feeling Artemis, um, this time. So I know it's about tapping into this wild woman, very independent energy, or, okay, this is a new cycle and now I'm feeling this Aphrodite arising and it's back to um, beauty. And, and I'll say I had a, a, a wonderful experience with her once back in 2020 when COVID happened. Um, for two seconds, I had connected with a person and um, I think they helped kind of inspire some of that energy to rise. But I had started channeling and downloading. Um, I go into like trance states when this happens and it's very poetic and it's, you know, maybe like a, a meditational period, right? It could be just a few minutes. Um, but I was out walking and connecting with nature and I felt called to go sit in this spot and Aphrodite like just came and I could feel her energy coming in. And it was all about rising in this power of the feminine beauty. Um, right. She represents 
finances and fertility and love and beauty. So it was really tapping into a new level of her qualities and traits. And I came home and I got really inspired and I stripped my whole bedroom and I... I sanded and I mudded and I painted and I did everything. Um, my walls were white and very plain and I was tired of that. And so I went with purples. It's my favorite color. So I did purple walls and a purple trim. And I spent three days tapping into a balance of my masculine because I tell you, like sanding and mudding, I just, I didn't like the way it felt. I didn't like the way it sounded. It made me really respect the masculine energy and guys that go into like carpentry and building houses and, and all of these things, you know, cause here I am on a ladder, <laughs> like painting the, the ceiling and, you know, going around the room and I didn't do tape and <laughs> it was just like, I got this. So, so for me, it was this beautiful balance and harmony of my masculine and my feminine. And when the room was done, I, um, I, I'm a pagan, so I like to do, um, like energy work with nature and the elements and I protected my space and I connected with the four corners and the directions and the elements. And I did some protection, um, spells, um, and so, and then I refurnished it. I, I bought like a new dresser and new mirrors. Like I brought in all, like I got rid of my closet doors and I hung up these um, curtains. And so it was this whole brand new energy of the, the goddess, um, like in her fullness. And it's the most like sacred spot in my home and it's the most comfortable. Um, and so that was just over like three or four days of being on this wave of that energy. But that was just one little tiny aspect of um, this beautiful myth story. All right. So Zion has, I've been looking for closure from her for years. She has been ultra resistant. As you know, that which we per resist persist. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. I say that all the time. I've had several encounters with her from the universe, some of which I don't believe she's aware of. My question is, if you happen to be able to heal the wounds you made, would you? Is there any hope I can get her to give me closure so I can have healthy relationships moving forward? I, I really relate to a lot of what you're saying. Um, and I almost have this weird instance, like I could be her. <laughs> if, um, so maybe on her behalf, I could maybe channel some of that forgiveness, um, you know, for the universe, for this higher consciousness be beyond her ego. And I think that's where you need to look at it. Maybe her ego um, is, is still too wounded or fractured or still in its process, right, of becoming and unfolding. Um, so connect on a spiritual side. I had to... Um, give apologies and accept forgiveness that I knew I would never be able to do in person. And a lot of that was, like I had said to that Abaddon, Hades archetype, twin flame energy myth story that I had to play out with another person that really was my best friend for a small moment. Um, if I could meet him today, being who I am today, our stories would be completely different. I, I 
I, I would have the boundaries in place to absolutely be just the friend that they always needed. At that time, I needed that toxicity. I needed that fear and that power that they took from me because in the process, I was able to go on and heal myself and give and empower myself in ways that I could have never dreamt of to become the divine goddess that I am today um, and balanced with my masculine. Um, and I love him. I do. Like, I he's a dark person. Like I get it. I feel, you know, like that's his conscious choice, like whatever. I hope his soul chooses to grow and evolve. Um, but that was so vital to, to our story and to get me to where I am. A lot of it sucks and it's really painful and it hurt a lot of other people as a ripple effect. Um, but I mean, you at some point you have to, I think, make acceptance with the missed story and you have to realize beyond the ego aspect of our psyche, we came here, we incarnated as a living conscious choice to embody this, you know, physical life with these other energy beings. And whether you believe in soul contracts and how breakable or you know, voidable they are. Um, everything is about our own evolutionary process on a human developmental level and on a conscious evolutionary level. So I hope that helps, Ion. I would say if you can't heal with them in the physical realm, go to the astral realm. Go to the dream realm. Go to the meditational realm. When I was on ayahuasca, um, I was able to have the plant medicine help me with that. Um, when I, when I've done shrooms on other plant medicine journeys, I've been able to have the plant medicine help me with, with to see the connection clear, to see like why those things had to happen and to be able to just find forgiveness within myself and for myself and for them and and to really not only the forgiveness but to see the beauty and the love and the appreciation for the story even though it's so much wounds and pain that arises from it um there's still a lot of beauty that we tend to not look at um, all right. So there's some other comments. Changing space helps change energy and headspace so much. Absolutely. And I think that the moment you can recognize you're feeling this wave of, of more heavier energy come on um, and you can ground yourself and you can step back and observe the energy, right? You don't need to get caught up in the thoughts. You don't need to get caught up in the emotional heart space. But step back and observe it and recognize what is it coming in for? Like, what is it teaching you? What's it showing you? Like, why are you attaching or holding on to it? You know, like just to be able to work with it, that can that can show you a lot of where you're at in your own journey. And then it helps you because you navigate the, um, the wave, you know, you're not out there like surfing and surfing and then fall off and drown. You can literally like ride the wave successfully and boom, go on with your day. Um, 
forgiveness, forgiven increments, forgiveness sometimes doesn't come all in once. Like grief, sometimes it happens in waves. Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah, you got to keep going back um, to like the root, right? If you're just pulling at it and pulling at it, you got to keep digging deeper until you find that core root, like buried, like inches and inches underground, grow and evolve. Um, love is the crucial. Nothing happens at once and things can re-trigger. Love, this is crucial. Um, absolutely. Love is the highest frequency, um, the highest like vibrational frequency of consciousness of the universe. It is what we all come from, that oneness, God, source, primordial energy. It's what we separate from and it's what we all come back into. Again, a reflection of the twin myth, um, twin flame myth the oneness separation back to oneness. Um, and in the process, you're just growing and evolving in extraordinary ways. <laughs> so I think it's about just catching on. If you can, if you're able to resonate again with culture, with archetypes, with um, stories, um, the Wizard of Oz was a big theme that has so much synchronicities and just cycles back and back. And the ironic thing for me was growing up, I hated The Wizard of Oz. Like it just creeped me out as a movie. I just didn't really enjoy it. And that became one of my most biggest themes um, that I just ran into all the time. And I realized I was Dorothy, right? I wasn't thrown from Kansas into Oz, <laughs> into this magical world when I had my awakening. And I met these allies and friends and mentors, and I had these guardians and guides, and I was on the yellow brick road. Um, and I had to learn, right, to navigate those things. And some people were toxic narcissists that I had to learn from, and others were beautiful, the most beautiful twin flame soulmates or just soulmates that I could have ever imagined aligning with. Um, I, I've so many beautiful healed people, um, an amazing spiritual community I've been truly blessed with in the past year. And I feel like I had found my way home at one point as Dorothy. And I then flipped and became Glinda. And that's why I had named my business um, Glinda's School of Alchemy, because I knew like at the core of who I am, I'm here to share my guidance and my wisdom. I'm here to be a mentor and a teacher and an educator to help other people um, through my own education, through my own lived experiences. And so it was like this mastery and the maturity of um, going from Dorothy to Glinda. And then recently I had my very first amazing um, DMT experience. Um, part of my initiation myth story has, has been sacred medicines. And so I had never gone looking for DMT, but I had heard people's stories and I had just kind of put it out that I would like to try that in a safe space if it was to ever arise. And the universe did bring that for me. And, um, and I feel like with that experience, I was at the very end of Oz as this integration of characters. And I finally saw the other side of the veil and the man behind the curtain and how it really operates and works. And so for the last like two months, I've been integrating and, and working with that. 
um, life-changing experience because nothing um, has really been the same for me after that perspective and tapping into the universe the way that I did. Um, so now it's like, okay, how does this continue to evolve and grow and alter my myth story? Um, so I journal. It's very important to me to journal. I think you can look back and be able to see these stories arise from, you know, within um, Alice in Wonderland. I think we can all kind of relate to chasing this white rabbit and going down rabbit holes. <laughs> That's a pretty big collective story, I believe. All right. So there's some more comments. I'm going to go back to that. It, oh my, it's a never ending story for me. Yes, I, I can relate Zion. Um, may I challenge you from a male divine perspective? If you have the opportunity, heal the wounds of the divine masculine that you created. Do so. And I love that. And I agree. And for me, I have done that as much as I could when I could, because I know it wasn't just one person. Um, right. My, with, there's, I have, and that's the thing is the feminine, like there was a lot of responsibility I had to take with, with the energy. I was not aware of the Aphrodite energy that I carried and emitted. I wasn't aware of how that made men see me and feel comfort and, and nurtured when with me. Um, and so when I needed to do what was best for me and move on and things like that, right, that that ending of energy <laughs> entanglement can cause triggers because you don't want to lose what feels really good to you. You know, um, that causes an ego death when you don't know how to, like, continue on with this person that has now become a part of your path or your phase. Um and so for me, it was like, no, I got to go. Like, I learned what I needed to learn. We're not on the same spiritual plane. Like, I did my shadow work, you know, like, you got to deal with your own abandonment rejection issues. And if I'm triggering that for you, I'm sorry. So the more that I came into my power and into my healed version, I didn't wound the masculine. I could walk away from relationships without wounding them. And if they were wound... It was because it was triggers that were already there. It was already issues that they hadn't healed themselves. And until they do the work, any woman that they meet or align with, any feminine um, or, or whatever, you know, or person that's there to fill that energy space, regardless masculine or feminine, it's going to trigger those wounds. It's going to cause, you know, that to come up. Um. So I think it's really important that everybody, again, does the healing because the more you heal yourselves, you don't go around healing, hurting other people or wounding them because, again, you know how to exit relationships. You know how to communicate. You know how to navigate the whole entire process of the relationship, knowing it's about vulnerability um, and connection and, and communicating honestly. Um, but I agree you sh like, yeah, if, if you ever hurt anybody, like, yeah, I think owning that responsibility and taking care of that, because why do we want to hurt people? Why do we want to keep causing, you know, this ripple effect of closed off heart chakras? Um, that's not good for anyone. And I don't have that intention at all. I, um, actually have tried to maintain friendships, um, with, with some of the relationships, 
But in the case of the dark energy with the Hades Abaddon, I had to have a court order for protection. There, there was stalking and harassing that went beyond me. Um, he, he was stalking and harassing family, like my children, my my friends, um, people I didn't even know, like strangers. He would just make it. I don't even know how he went after strangers, but um, he just made like these connect the dot assumptions and and then message them. He did fake accounts. Um, I lived in fear. Um, I have security cameras on my property. So absolutely not. That is not a, that is why when you were talking about not being able to connect in the physical realm for that apology, I completely understood. That was something that repeatedly time and time again has healed in the dream space on its on its absolute own without, you know, my intentions or it or I have intentionally written out a letter and then burned it in a fire, knowing that the universe will will bring that message of healing to that person. Um, because when it comes to your safety, um, not, absolutely not. Like, don't put yourself in a place um, where you're going to jeopardize your actual, like, physical being. Um, if that person's a danger and a threat, you go, you know, you just got to do the work on your own. And that's where it's harder. I think it's really harder because you won't receive those apologies. You're not going to have those conversations. Um, it was very deeply wounded, but again, I'm not that person. That woman died. He took all my power and I gave it back to me. So I'm grateful for that process and that journey. Cause I wouldn't be who I am today. Um, all right, so DMT is life-changing. I've experienced incredible growth through DMT. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. Um, I, I I only had the one experience where I did, I did it twice. I did it back-to-back, um, and that was profound. But um, I, I'm in a sacred medicine um, sacrament community um, where we do pl- plant medicines. It's something I feel that, again, because I've – done this work as an alchemist, um, you know, part of my myth, (laughs) the, the universe has initiated me onto this path. And so it was pretty amazing, um, that I've been able to receive these gifts of seeing the structure of, of the universe. And that's something that as I grow and evolve and, you know, integrate and understand and can like, peace with my life experiences
supporting us um, today and over the last, you know, couple of months as we've been getting on here every week. Natalie is on vacation, so I will be going solo um, today. Um, I'm hoping to have a co-host as a guest, um, at least maybe once or twice. But I definitely at least wanted to come on and really continue the conversation around just consciousness and how that kind of looks at archetypes um, within ourselves by looking at, you know, our own feminine and masculine energies, looking at, you know, our personal myth story. So I kind of jumped around and just gave some insight into different um, goddesses and different moments that I've experienced that has helped me grow and evolve. Um, but I'm just really, really grateful to have this platform and have, you know, people showing up that are interested and have questions. So feel free. Um, our Facebook page is Women of Consciousness Consulting. Um, I should definitely drop the link in at some point. But um, Feel free to reach us, you know, if you have questions. Um, Natalie and I definitely want to help give guidance to people. Um, we want to be able to share our story and really just help heal, um, heal, help others, you know, heal their wounds, intergenerational wounds, <laughs> the collective wounds. There, there's a lot and we're in a massive paradigm shift. So I think as more people awaken, um, maybe you'll resonate to different time periods and cultures and archetypes and you'll start seeing them mirroring within you or um, arising. And I definitely say check out your birth chart if you're in astrology. That is definitely one way. Um, that you can see the archetypes arising is through like your dominant elements um, and star signs. But thank you. I'm going to sign off for now and wish you all a lovely Tuesday. Um, Thanksgiving is on Thursday. So if you celebrate that in the States, happy um, Thanksgiving. May you enjoy time with family and friends. Um, and if anything, I'll leave you this tip. <laughs> Just notice, notice the energy. Notice, you know, it's a hard space that we're about to kind of go into for a lot of people, friends and family. Um, these holiday celebrations can be very painful. They can be very joyful. Um, I think it's a wide range of intensity of emotions and thoughts and feelings that it brings up for the collective. So ground, take some deep breaths, you know, take time for you for sure, especially if you feel like you're carrying all the weight or you're forced into a situation you don't want to be in. Um, and just maybe take a, take a step back when you're around these people and look at the myth stories playing out. Look at the control or the narcissistic or the empath. Look at the wounded, you know, goddess or the wounded masculine, um, you know, and just look and see where the reactions or the actions are coming from. And you don't you don't have to say anything. You don't have to do anything. But if you just observe and notice that in itself um, can be very life changing for your, for you, for how you navigate and what you reflect on. Um, because as much as the holidays are fun, it's overwhelming and it's stressful. 
And that as a collective ripples out and we feel that and we pick up on that. Um, so just take time to take care of yourself. Give yourself self-care. Give yourself love. Um, take back your power. Speak your truth. Don't block off your chakras. Um, <laughs> just stay in a high vibration of love and ground. That's my guidance for the rest of the week. I hope that helps. And I will be back next week, hopefully with a healed masculine perspective to help you guys um, really dive into more questions and to bring more balance. Thank you. Have a great day.